This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to HRN Live at 5. We appreciate you joining us again tonight on this Wednesday night. Uh, um, I, if you're joining live, you can hit the share button below, and you can share this out to all of your friends on Facebook, especially if you're in the hunter-jumper community. That'll de- definitely apply to tonight's guest. And uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, I'm going to be hanging around a little bit after the guest tonight. I had made some predictions, and I know a lot of you read them or I talked about them here on the show back when this first started and then several weeks ago. And I wanted to go through them. I thought we could have some fun tonight going through and seeing which ones I got right and which ones I didn't do so well on. So we'll be doing the predictions here a little bit later in the show. I am Glenn Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of the most popular podcast in the horse world. And that's the Daily Horses in the Morning Show. If you missed this morning's show, we had a lot of fun. So tune in this morning and go to the Horses in the Morning on your podcast feed. If you missed Monday night's show, we had Max Cochran on of the U.S. Eventing Association. And uh, she talked all about how, what their plans are and how they plan to get up and rolling, if they're allowed to, here over the next couple of months. You can go back and catch that also on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed or right here on this Facebook page. Just look for videos and you'll find it. Tonight we are are speaking with Tom Struzeri, President and Chief Executive Officer of HITS, the largest hunter-jumper horse show production company in the United States. And he joins us to tell us about the preparations to get his shows up and running. And before we get started on tonight's uh, Live at Five, I wanted to mention that our thoughts are with everybody at Kensington Products, Kensington Protective Products. I can't talk tonight. I haven't been drinking or anything. Uh, Kensington Protective Products. uh, We've been dealing with them for 20 years. We We sold their products when we had our tax shop years ago. Super nice people. Unfortunately, they had a fire last night at their factory and warehouse in Pomona, California, and it it pretty much destroyed it. Uh, This is a picture of the blaze as it was happening last night. So our thoughts and prayers are with everybody. Nobody was hurt. There was nobody in the building at the time. Uh, It's under investigation at this time, and we just wanted to give our best to them. They did send out an email to all of their vendors today saying that they were going to be closed indefinitely, and uh, we hope that they're able to get back on their feet. They're a terrific company with super nice people. I'll be back again on Friday night with a lighter show talking about pandemic food and cooking and also we're going to we're going to have a superstar from the movies here and that's an that's a canine superstar that'll be Friday night show we always trying to keep it light on Friday nights if you can't watch this whole live stream you can catch it as a podcast t- tomorrow morning on the horses in the morning podcast feed and the disclaimer I'm always allowed to do and that is we are not a medical or financial professionals and we're not offering you advice in any way on what you should or should not do with the health or finances of you or your horses. And now we're going to bring Tom on from HITS, uh, coming to us from New York. Hi, Tom. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. It's great. Well, it's good to have you here. And uh, you've now left Ocala, and you met it, made your way up to New York. I'm, you might have been better off in Ocala, by the way, uh, safe, you know, health-wise. Could be. <laughs> Could be. We haven't hit as hard down here in Ocala as you guys have in New York. So, Tom, let's talk a little bit. Of, first, let's talk serious stuff. Uh, you, I heard you mention that you're doing your own haircuts, and my wife did mine for the first time last night. 
Now, we bought specific clippers for people, and I wouldn't let her use the horse clippers because I was a little concerned about that, even after 32 years of marriage. But she did okay. I mean, it, it came out of good. I heard well, you're I think, doing uh, yours, uh, though. You know, I, you could think it looks good. Good for you. You should. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, I have been. And uh, lots of response to, to the to the hit salon that may open up someday at the horse shows. I, a little, you know, obviously um, – Tough to get my licensing, you know, for for hairdressing in, in, such, in a hurry. I, I was I was misinformed, thought I'd get it quicker, but uh, <laughs> I think ultimately it is going to open up. And Glenn, I, I, I you're a candidate. All right, I'll be right yeah. there. Okay. I, I, just could, call yourself a celebrity hairstylist, then you don't exactly. need a license. You'll, yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> Sounds great. And I also like to start these shows every night with something that's really positive and uplifting. Tell us about what you guys have been doing with your meal program up there in Socrates. Well, that, unlike the hair, that, that is a serious thing for us. And so, um, you know, uh, those who know me know we, that uh, the food and beverage business is a business that I'm also in. We own some restaurants or, at different parts around the country, one right here in Saugerties, uh, Diamond Mills uh, Hotel and Tavern. And it's, it's been a good place for me to do some meals for those who, are, who, who need meals at this time, everybody from doctors and nurses at the hospital that we service. But we're doing over 5,000 meals a week wow. um, out of our little place, right? We did 1,000 dinners tonight. And, um, do you, you know, box um, them up? Is that what you do? We do. We, yeah. you know, it's, uh, a few of them go to families. So that's easier. You do family of four that, that sure does save us some time and trouble. But, but the majority of, of the lunches and dinners that we do are individually packaged. And, and, uh, I, I think we could feed the whole world if you could, if you could distribute, right? That's the big challenge. But we're very fortunate here in Ulster County, New York to have a, a, a good system of distribution. And these, these meals are getting to where they need to go. And uh, it's been pretty satisfying work. I'm working with my family in our kitchen. We, we, we have the kitchen is, is pretty isolated. We don't let lots of people in. So I've got my chef there and then um, my wife and, and a couple of my children. So I guess I'm fourth and uh, a fifth when you count the chef on the, on the staff there. Uh, so I get to do all the menial work, right? Um, and it was funny today. Today I was chopping a, a, quite a bit of onions and then I had to slip out around 1030 to, to take to make a few phone calls and um, my, trying my your eyeballs out <laughs> and, and I didn't think of it, but I was, I was on the phone and what the heck is going on? I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop cheering. And it turned out it's because my, my hands are so close to my face, even though I didn't wash them. I, and we're, oh, we're, you can't get onion off. No. Yeah. You, it, uh, we did the washing and all the washing we've been talking about. I seem to wash my hands 50 times a day, but the onion, the onion, uh, I had the onion tears going pretty good today. Well, good for you guys for doing that. And good for the family uh, for doing that too, for your whole family pitching in. Well, we, you know, it's a selfish thing. I like to think it's 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 making us feel as good as anybody else. So it's a good way to to uh, to occupy our time, make us feel like we're making some kind of a difference. Uh, so we're we're doing it we're doing it for all the wrong reasons, all because it makes us feel good. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. So I wanted to ask you something before we get into the nitty gritty of what's going to happen and everything as far as what we guess as far as opening, because, again, it changes by the day. The governor of Florida is speaking right now. So, you know, we'll know what we're, we're going to be doing down here in Florida here very shortly as far as reopening. And, of course, everybody's been following your governor in New York's. Uh, day, I mean, everybody in the world watches his daily updates, right? I think we know more about New York than any other place in the world right now. Uh, but for you, I, I mean, in the office, it must be something to try and plan and replan with all the contingencies that have to take place based on something you don't know whether it's going to happen or not. 
Well, Glenn, you know we're it, it's uh, we're for, more, much more fortunate than 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 those that are that are really feeling the effects of this, right? You know, it's one thing to have your have your business affected, another thing to have your health affected. So we've been fortunate enough to to, to be able to avoid health issues. But and and one of the advantages you have to running sixty horse shows a year is that um, you know we've got a team. So if we if the financial problems of losing a horse show is is one thing, but not not so complicated for us really to regroup and 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 put some other horse shows put the next group of horse shows on not not difficult i've got a great team um a lot of the people are working all the people except for except for kristen vale working from home um so we've got our technology significantly better than it was this time you know a, a few months ago uh, so we're we're um we're able to we're able to be pretty nimble basically because we have 25 office people so they you know it, it's it's a relatively big staff and all of them have their own have their set of skills that they're that they're using right now. So not as bad for us as it might be for you know the one offs. I think are the ones having the hardest problem. You know, if you have a horse show that's a a huge charity and a and a fantastic event that you put all year t- towards that event, and then and then you wind up losing it. Those are the ones I really feel sorry for right now. Yeah, because they don't they don't get that recovery chance uh, this year. You know, they have to wait a year to do that. And there's a lot of those I've noticed now where we're seeing cancellations, even since we did this Monday night, we're seeing cancellations into July and August for a lot of shows just because they can't afford to take the risk. Uh, and, you know, uh, they have to make a, that's a financial decision then at some point to do that. So you're supposed to be starting a June summer circuit in New York and then also in Lamplight in Chicago, which you recently purchased. So um, how, as far as New York is concerned, actually, that's the one I think you might have a tougher time in because he's being very conservative, right? Um, but wh- what are your thoughts on, on New York and then, and then Chicago? Well, New York, we lost a few of our May shows, of course, right? Um, so those we're not going to have. And, it, and we're hoping to, do, hoping to do June events. Um, and what's what's the chances? You know, 50 50. We, we really never thought the May events were going to happen. You know, ever since uh, March, when we when we canceled the uh, at the end of Ocala there, we were pretty confident that May would be pretty difficult to get in. Um, we're very hopeful for June, making all the preparations as if we were going to be able to start in June. You know, Governor Cuomo has has uh, he's been been smart and, and conservative about 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 how we get back in. Um, they just put together a panel of. 100 business people uh, throughout the state, maybe it was 100 names, it seemed like 100, um, and they're going to decide regionally whether or not your particular business can open. I think based on, it seems that it's based on your your safety protocol and your and your distancing protocol, as well as, uh, you know, how essential your business is. Um, uh, there are a number of horse people on that committee, um, okay. so, you know, yeah, which is nice. So it's good. I think it's good for the horse world to know that. Um, well, and you got, I mean, racing, of course, in your area is huge too. So that's the other big one, right? For sure. And, and and there's even a few, there, there are even a few, um, clients of ours that I recognized, um, you know, we're gonna reach out to them and and explain to them our protocol, um, and speak, speak for uh, all upstate New York horse shows when we do, hopefully we'll be successful at letting them realize that, um, that's, that we can, that we can accomplish that the, the social distancing, we don't have a lot of spectators. You know, the only one who gets a lot of people into their into their events is you. You know, you know, the only people you know, they listen to to your podcast, but we don't we don't get those kind of crowds at our horse shows, Glenn. So we we take a lesson from you. So um, yeah, we're very social distanced here. <laughs> yeah, so 
and people see us sitting real close together, but Glenn and I are yeah, we're very far apart. apart. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so you know, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna make our, our case to them. Um, and the governor has said if 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 the, for 14 days in a row that the the signs are right and the and the curve is correct, that there's a chance of events, uh, you know, of of a business is opening June for some on May 15th, and some then um, you know uh, 14 days after. So we still have to hope for June. Um, but I, I will tell you, Glenn, if it's not June, then we'll have the same exact hope for July. Um, you know, we'll, you have we'll, the flexibility we'll, just to move it around. Well, you know, there's there. All of our horse shows are are sanctioned by the USEF, right? And I know you've I've I've heard Billy Maroney on uh, yep. on with you, and so yep. um, you know, there's been some talk of if horse shows cancel, you know, can they move to other horse show dates, et cetera? Um, you know, um, can they just you know a May show cancel and move to July, for example. I'm not a, a, a proponent of that. Um, so we would not do that. So if we, you know, if we lose some shows in May or lose what we have, if we lose shows in, in June, um, you know, then we'll just make our best effort to make our July shows spectacular and, and do our best hand. If we lose our July shows, we'll do the same for August. If we lose our August shows, we'll do the same for September. And uh, heck, if we lose the whole season, then um, we'll have had uh, several months to get our facility unbelievably ready for next year it'll be uh, super clean yeah yeah <laughs> that's for sure you know the, the the sport was was um was really doing well you know the i think we well, had uh, a good winter right down in down south we had a great winter in ocala but some of our biggest numbers ever especially for our high performance classes um uh, and so you know what but i think the whole sport was going in the right direction i think business was good it was strong people horse showing they were buying horses they were you know they were coming to the horse shows um and I think uh, this is this is not similar to what we may have experienced in 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 2000, you know, 2007, 2008, that yeah, time where yeah, that was a different situation. This, of course, is is much more tragic, um, but it is not it's not necessarily money related. You know, it, it wasn't because we fell off a cliff economically. Right. We fell off a cliff, um, you know, health wise, which, of course, is much more horrible. But nevertheless, as far as when you're talking about bringing business back. Um, I, I think there'll be less potentially less reluctance in our clients to say, okay, you know, um, let's get back to the horse shows now once it's safe, once they feel it's safe to do so. And I, I wanted to also mention, if you're watching live, please do tell us in the comments. We can see the comments, and so can Tom. So if you have a question or uh, what we'd really like to know is where you're from. So tell us state or country and post those in the comments, and we'd appreciate that. And if you have any questions, post them there as well. What about Chicago? What's the story over there? Well, you know, so uh, Lamplight uh, Equestrian Center is a property that we bought. We just closed on it a few weeks ago. So, again, obviously I'm demonstrating how bullish I am on the sport in the long run because that was a – you know, big checks to write and a big commitment to, on our part. Um, and, and you can't even get in there, right? You can't even take possession, really, at this no, point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> barely. That's for sure. Um, you know, they're starting to loosen some of that up now, May first. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go there. I'm, I'm scheduled to be there to drive there with my son and 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 some of my team that's that's out there already who are anxious to start uh, starting uh, next Monday. Um, Lamplight, beautiful facility. Uh, has a history of being having successful horse shows, so we we you know we've we've um, we got a, had a full slate of horse shows. Again, the May shows canceled, so kind of the same parallel to what we're doing in New York. Hoping that the first week of June works, it doesn't work. Hoping the second week of June works, it doesn't work. The third week of June uh, or the July shows, or again the August shows. Same plan as as New York. Same kind of social distancing protocol. 
the horse shows at both New York and at Lamplight are potentially going to be smaller. Um, if you try to s- spread it out and, and yeah, do I was going to say with social distancing and having to do the stalls and you know kind of divide those up, it's going to have to be a little smaller, won't it? Right. The Lamplight property is is a smaller property anyway, so that will be even I think even a little more of a challenge, uh, Glenn. In that um, you know it's uh, I think to get the density is going to be challenging there. The Saugerties property with 1,100 permanent stalls and and the tents, et cetera, that's not going to be as big a challenge. Or Culpeper, when we get there in, uh, in July, hopefully, not a big challenge, a big property spread out. So I think that one might work. But the Lamplight one will be a little challenging, or at least more challenging than, than some of our other facilities. So let's talk a little bit about the facilities. I, I mean, I, you know, I had a talk with Max on Monday night, and I think you probably know Max Cochran. So oh, yeah. Everybody knows Max. Uh, so, and she talked about how they're definitely going to have to get their electronic entries in. And I've heard that across the English and Western world, that those programs are going to have to be in place. You're going to sign up. You're going to file all your paperwork. You're basically not going to have to go to an office. Are you guys looking at the same kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. We're, we're, we're actually working hard, hard with our with – our, uh, program writers to see if we can't make that to streamline that as best we can. Obviously the office will be there and we'll all be there if they need us, but, and we're also going to sign a concierge. One of the benefits to having a big payroll, not necessarily all the time, but one of the benefits in this time (laughs) is is that we can, you know, we're going to sign, you know, let's say eight or 10 trainers to each of the, each of the people in the office and that'll be, they'll be their personal concierge. So if in fact there's something we haven't covered and you need to, to speak to somebody, you'll, you'll be able to text them, um, get get them all your ads, scratches, uh, do all your checkout for paying, etc. Um, you know, right there, right there with them. Which, was, by the way, this was all going to happen in the next couple of years anyway. Yeah. We're just moving it up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that I think that's going to be a plus. You know, we're not going to do something like so. One of the things that's that's kind of interesting that we're going to do is not going to have any not going to have any ribbons or trophies in the ring. Um, but we're going to account for those. If if you're a person who likes to get ribbons and trophies, and I know if I were showing. If I ever were able to win one, I'd like one. Um, but if those who, who don't necessarily need those, we're going to give you allow you that as a credit uh, towards. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do some incremental meals for some people who are who are who are needy at this time, and we'll do some extra meals. So a guy like you, Glenn, I've, I know your riding is is a little soft. Sorry to hear that. But if no, you were to have a winter ribbon, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, you might you might be able to pick up a meal or so based on good. Uh, and <laughs> lead it. Yeah. <laughs> So how about – there's a couple things, too, that get interesting when you're talking about the social distancing and depending which state does what, right? So every place is going to be different. Um, And some of the – I know some shows are taking a look now at not being able – they're going to have to limit the number of grooms. They're going to have to limit the number of support people per horses that come in and out. And I know you have talked about having more people trailering in and trailering out and having that as an option. Get in, do your show, and, and get back out within hours. Yeah, for sure. You know, before I got on this call with you, I was working hard on my schedule for for both locations to see how how I can organize a show and go a show and go schedule. So, for example, um, if you wanted to show your, we typically will do our adult amateur hunters, for example, over Saturday and Sunday, and that way they can jump the extra class. They can jump four times and under saddle. We're really in the weeds here, but I, I, what yeah, the heck? Well, yeah. So, you know, it, our change would be that those adults could show. That will happen just on Saturday. Now, if they so they'll do three jumping classes in an under saddle on Saturday. There would not be a class on Sunday. So if they if they were uncomfortable staying in a hotel, if they wanted to just drive in, do their horse show, and get back, they could do that. On the other hand, if an adult wanted to show 
Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll have classes each of those days for them. Um, but each of the divisions will happen, will be much more concentrated than we normally would do to, to open up that opportunity to ship in. And even if he has horse stabled there, but for the rider to, to have the least amount of exposure, come in, show, and go home. And of course, I mean, at this point, I don't think we're looking at spectators in any sporting event for, for the next several months, no matter what kind it is, at the, you know, across the country. That's, that's, I think that's pretty much a given at this point. Um, ha, one of the other questions, obviously, you're going to have social distancing. Food, will that be packaged and sent out rather than the way we've seen it in the past? Will it be those box lunches like you were doing there? Yeah, I'm getting, some, I'm getting pretty handy at that. So if you want to... <laughs> If you're looking for mac and cheese and some carrots, Glenn, I, I could take care oh, of you. Good sense of that. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, but uh, you know, we're going to modify. We're actually working right right now on our on our restaurant in in um, in Saugerties, and we'll start working on the one in Culpeper for July. And we are working on the one starting May first uh, in in Illinois to make it so that we can accommodate food and beverage. One of the advantages we have is we do our own food and beverage at the horse shows. Uh, so that's that's a plus for us. Yeah, you can and keep it a little tighter. Yeah, we can. And so you'll be able to we won't take cash. Uh, we'll take what we call a hits card, which which many of our customers keep and that goes right on your horse show bill. Um, and so or or obviously credit cards. So we're going to eliminate a little bit more of the of the of, the, uh, of that uh, of the close distancing, close whatever you call it there. We're going to try to eliminate cash um, and um and obviously have a, have have a lot of prepackaged meals, a lot of uh, a, a lot of opportunity to order your meal and then walk up and get it. We're going we're to give all that a, our best shot, Glenn. Oh, okay, good. How about so? Uh, one of the other things, you know, not that anybody drinks in the horse world, but parties have been known to happen occasionally. I guess we're not going to be seeing as many parties. By the way, that was one thing Max talked about because eventers are known for their Saturday night parties, right? Uh, she's yeah. like, "Yeah, we're going to all miss those Saturday night parties." I guess that kind of thing's going to get to go away too. Well, that works out pretty well for a boring guy like me. So that's that's going to be okay. I, I won't really notice that we won't have those. But you're right, though, Glenn. Uh, um, no opportunities like that. Uh, I think that that um, that the clients and the people who ride, the people who train, uh, they're anxious to get back to the horse shows. So uh, I think they'll be fine without without that element if they can get a chance to show their horses. Yeah. What are you hearing from them? I mean, you know, a lot of them for so many years. Yeah, we're going to I think there's 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 demand to show. I don't think it's extraordinary. I think that, really? um, okay. you know, uh, um, it was funny. I, I you know, we, we tend to read a whole lot more now because we're, we're all of us, I think, are trying to absorb as much as we can about what's going on. Right. So I was reading a story. I thought it was today where people that are thinking about attending either or think about attending a music festival or a sporting event in the next year, that 50 percent of them um or, or we're thinking that perhaps 50% less they'll do over the course of the next year. Uh, I think that, I, I, and I think that we probably can, until we can say that there's a 100% safe situation uh, as far as the virus goes, I, I think that that's what I'm figuring on, that if we can look at 50%, we'd be doing pretty well. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I think that I think that's going to be on the strong side from I'm also we also own the Florida Podcast Network and we are on the travel side. So we keep an eye on all the travel publications coming out and they're really being a little bit pessimistic about how soon people are going to get back to traveling for leisure, you know, in, in great numbers. Um, and actually, they're kind of 
the travel industry is looking at that a little bit differently. They would like to see it grow slowly. They don't want to see huge numbers back in right now because they're afraid of that second wave and the shutdowns that could happen in that second wave could be worse than the first. So they want to see it gradual. And I think when Disney opens, and we're going to hear about that in the next uh, couple of weeks, when, when that opens, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see them trying to limit crowds. So I think that's going to happen across the country as well. So... Um, one of the other questions I had, and this was for, uh, I know Lamplight's used for other kinds of shows, not just Hunter Jumper currently. There's been other things at Lamplight, dressage and other stuff. Are you going to continue that? Is that going to be continuing? We are. We're excited about that. Uh, we actually do more dressage than you might think, just as more as landlords than anything else. I mean, some big dressage shows happen at, at the Saugerties property, yeah. uh, that NIDA event in the fall. I know the regionals and all that yeah, kind yeah. of thing happen there, yeah. So we, you know, we, 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 we've, we've done young rider dressage in, in Saugerties, um, <laughs> And so we've done some dressage, uh, so we can make our stirrups long too. We're, we're, we're good at that. And so I think that uh, we've got some big plans for dressage. We're hoping that they can come through for this year. The Festival of Champions is scheduled to be there in August. That's a great event. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, that uh, we're allowed to, to actually have that event. So, so the schedule was, you know, if you talked to me March 1st, I would have told you that the schedule from the first week of May through the last week of September was absolutely booked at Lamplight every single week either had, whether it was a very small little eventing event, some small local hunter jumper shows, hour horse shows, or several dressage shows. Uh, so it's, uh, it's disappointing, but uh, you know, we're in this for the long haul. I've been doing this uh, since uh, I started the horse business in 1977. So it's, it's not going to make or break it on, on one season. So we're going to, we're going to be doing it for a while. And, and I always have to say on these shows, too, and we say it on our morning show on Horses in the Morning all the time, we actually have a segment called Equestrian First World Problems. And the first thing we say is every equestrian problem is a first world problem. I mean, we're privileged to do what we do, and we're lucky to have the horses in our lives to help us get through all of this mentally and physically and every other way. But at the end of the day, as Max said on Monday night, we're all playing with horses, you know. So, you know, it's, it's something we enjoy. It's important in our lives, but it is a, it is a first world problem problem it's something there's there's a lot of things going on when i saw the line for food four miles long here in florida you know we just you know we have to keep that in mind too you know uh, you know glenn as you say that i, I was off the phone with my with my partner in, in our city restaurant and uh it, we're we're also doing some some meals for for those in need and he was talking to me about um he was passing by a grocery store today he lives right there in manhattan right by our restaurant and he saw people drive up in cars actually going through um, some discarded food. Uh, I mean, just to me, that's just, it, it makes you stop and think about how lucky we are for sure. Uh, you know, so we have to cancel some horse shows, you know, we'll, we'll make that work. And we're, you know, we're, we're all, we're going to get through it some one way or another. So if we can keep our health and keep our families healthy, then, then good for us. So, uh, uh, you're right. Uh, we are pretty blessed. Even in these horrible times, we're pretty blessed. So I, I do have a couple questions. Do you mind if we, uh, so uh, Michelle if wants they, to know what are your yeah, thoughts? If the hair questions, Glenn. Remember, I, my my book. <laughs> What's is, your rate? It's are a you waiting, no, It's a waiting list only, and it's okay. really it really depends on what the market will bear. Just wanted okay, to know good. that. Hundred dollars a clip. Well, uh, no. Michelle. <laughs> Much Michelle wants to know what are your thoughts on having vendors that shows that it's ironic she asked that because that's something you and I talked about before we started is the the vendors that are just horse show vendors are getting hit real hard right now because they're not they don't have any income at all. Um, what, are you going to have vendors? Are you going to try to? We're going to try to have vendors, and of course, all our vendors we're going to reach out to them. They got to follow the same protocol that we're trying to follow. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a challenge though. 
there's going to be less vendors for sure. I, I think that'll just be, I'm not sure that'll be planned on our part. Obviously there's the economic pressures on them to, to even get to the horse show is going to be there. We will have some vendors. Uh, they'll have to follow the same protocol as, as the food stand does or, 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 or any of us at the horse show. Got it. And uh, so I guess, you know, I would just say, what do you, what, what do you want to say to horse people out there? What do you want to say to the people who show and backyard horse owners or whoever is watching this? What's your message? You've been doing this for a very long time. So, you know, Glenn, I think we've all, we, none of us have ever seen this. So this is, there's, there's no way to say that this is something that anybody could, could understand. Um, but, but we, what, but when you said it earlier, how we're so blessed to be in the horse business. And um, so this will pass. We'll get, be, we'll, get, we'll get past this. Horse shows will be back. Um, you'll have an opportunity to, to show your horses. Uh, if you run horse shows, you'll have an opportunity to run horse shows. Um, we'll all have a chance to get back into this. We need to be smart, um, and we need to listen to our local authorities. And if they say it's okay to have a horse show, we need to do it in a safe way, in a smart way. And I think uh, if we do all that and we, we follow all the plans, we, we should be back in business, uh, uh, you know, along with everybody else. I, you know, I, I own some businesses that'll be a more challenge. You know, we own some some wedding places that are going to be mm. those are going to be challenged, right? Mm. Um, our restaurant in the Manhattan, those those are going to be challenged. So the fact that we're out in the air, uh, you know, like when you get down to Ocala and you you're at the horse show down there. I mean, you, you, everybody has pretty much a quarter of an acre to themselves, the horse show, right? So um, we we're 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 pretty lucky that this is what we chose as a career. We'll take these bumps, and um, we'll be back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking about you with your other businesses, too, because as you said, some of those are going to be even more challenging as we go down the line. Uh, I know that you probably had to cancel a lot of weddings, and those brides are not happy uh, about that. So No, that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, uh, Tom. We really appreciate it. What's the website, by the way? What's Hit's website? It's hitshows.com. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's where you, where you reach out to us. Hey, you know, one thing we talked about was maybe talk a little bit about the FEI. Yeah. I don't know what your oh, time is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the FEI because a lot of your shows are FEI. So, And now the FEI has been kind of interesting through this whole thing. Um, surprisingly not as flexible as I would have thought, to put it. I don't know. That's my opinion. But what are your thoughts on FEI shows? I know. Are you going to try them? Are you going to be able to? or? How much have you done with the FEI, Glenn? To, when you say they're not as flexible as you thought, it obviously means you've done nothing with them because there's nothing flexible about the FEI. I thought I had hopes that at a no, time of pandemic no. that we would see a little no. bit of flexibility in the FEI's part. No, uh, the FEI. So the the thing about the FEI is that you know they they make the USEF look look terrifically flexible. They do. Uh, <laughs> hope hope Billy's not listening to this. I don't want to be in big trouble. But but uh, but the FEI there there's nothing flexible about that group. So I I think. FEI shows have had their own set of challenges now. Of course, you have to be a USEF before you can be FEI. So, right. you've got if 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 you're able to have a USEF horse show and you are also sanctioned by the FEI, then then it brings up all the challenges of that, which is which includes um, secure stabling. So all the things we're which trying is going to be do, interesting right now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're trying to keep people separated. So if I say that you know we've got 80 horses that are going to jog for the FEI, and we're going to put them all in one spot. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that, that I think that's counterproductive to what we were trying to accomplish. Will the FEI be flexible about that? That'd be a good question. We just penned a letter uh, to, to see if there's some flexibility. So we're not going to do our FEI horse shows here in the spring, even in June, if we get to run horse shows with no FEI. Will we be FEI in the summer? Um, you know, we're looking for some we're looking for some concessions from the FEI. I, 
I can tell you that so many things that happen at the FEI don't make any sense to me. And even they when never have. <laughs> and when there's non-pandemic, you know, there's it, it, at a AH, at a USEF, fortunately, you have to have three stewards. If it's also FEI, you need five more stewards. That's a total of eight stewards. Can they cross over? No. Even though many of them have the same license, they can't cross over. For a USEF horse show, you need two judges for a Grand Prix. For, for an FEI horse show, you need four judges for the same Grand Prix. Well, we can't do four judges during this time anyway because we can't keep them six feet apart unless we have a 100-foot Well, not only booth, that, right? they might not be able to get here. Right. <laughs> and then one of the judges has to be foreign. So that means they have to fly in. And usually it's assigned by the FEI, and usually they're coming from you know the farthest point away. So it's a $3,000 flight. So many things about what the FEI does makes absolutely no sense in this country. And in these times of a pandemic, when you really can't count on big numbers and, and all the costs are, are, are so atrocious to the FEI, um, if, the average, if the riders knew how much of their fees ultimately went to these, these unusually difficult um, constraints that the FEI puts upon the horse shows, I think there'd be, there'd be a reaction. So someday I want to come back on, Glenn, and I'll and I want to highlight. Yeah, that'd be a fun chat. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, great fun. But I I want to make sure your hair is looking a little bit different for the next one. (laughs) So, so let me follow up on that though. So we have the FEI. Our points are gonna be like almost mute this year in some ways because these international riders may not be able to travel depending on the country. Some are going to allow travel, some aren't. It's going to be a tricky year to travel internationally and show anyway. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the FEI points at this point don't seem to make a whole lot of difference, right? You know, obviously, yeah. Olympics are next year. Um, but that'll FEI... start in the fall into, they'll be looking at that into the fall the next year. With this crazy this year is, nothing this year is going to count for that. You wouldn't think. And, I, yeah. you know, the rumors, are, you know, the, the word out on the street is, uh, you know, obviously there's no horse shows in Europe going on. And so many of the big horse shows over there, including Dublin and Aachen, you know, they've all canceled. So, you know, we're into the fall already before there's a meaningful horse show in Europe. Um, so, you know, uh, I think the points, like you say, are, it doesn't make a lot of difference. A lot of yeah, sense so I don't think people are going to be chasing that as much. It's just going to be happy to go out and show. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. so. We can get some more shows going. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, Tom, thank you very much. Sorry if I forgot about that. Uh, I really appreciate you being on tonight and let's talk again uh, when things are a little better. I, I look forward to that. That'd be or great. Or not. Thank we'll you. do an update. Either way, let's talk again. They'll, they'll be better and I'll be back. Okay, nice. good. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. So we, uh, I wanted to do as a second part of the show here tonight, uh, and uh, Tom can hang up there. You don't have to hang around. Um, so as a second part of the show tonight, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, some of the predictions I made early on, because I've been doing this since it started. Actually, before it started, we were one of the first ones on the Horse Radio Network to come out and warn people to, about certain things uh, that were coming, and nobody was talking about it then. But I made some predictions. I thought it could be kind of funny tonight to take a look at whether I was right or not, what I got right, and what I screwed up. So we go all the way back to March 16th, and I say that, and it was like a little, like five, six weeks ago, and it seems like a lifetime ago. And when you hear about the predictions I was making March 16th, you're going to see how that does seem like a lifetime ago. Uh, I predicted that by Sunday of this week, the number of cases will hit 50,000 to 100,000 in the United States. We're hitting a million. So in that shorter period of time, we were talking about we might hit 50,000, and now we've hit a million. Uh, so that 
I, I was right on that one. I'll give myself I'll give myself a gold star for that one. I predicted at that point. This tells you how long ago it was and how things have changed. I said all fast food chains will go to drive-through, and by today or tomorrow, that was on March sixteenth. Obviously, that happened very quickly. But that was a thing back then that we thought might happen. They were still open back in the middle of March. I said, like Ohio and Illinois, we'll see the president declare all bars, restaurants, etc., closed by Thursday or Friday across the country. Uh, that's a brrr. I got an X on that when he never closed anything. So uh, he let that up to the states. And I, everything I said that involved what the president would do, I got that wrong. Uh, all of those were wrong. I said by next Monday, the National Guard would be called up uh, in various states to do various chores. And that did happen and is still happening. We st- we're using him in Florida for various things here. And then all the way to April 10th. Now, that was three weeks ago. Uh, and it seems like a lifetime ago, I said, school is done for the year. And at that point, it sounded like we were still going to be doing school this year. Uh, And I got that one right, uh, because most schools are not going to be starting this year. They'll be looking at starting in the fall. Uh, Sports, I said, if they restart at all, they will not have people in the stands at all this summer. I think that's going to be pretty much true. I got that. I get a ding for that one. Uh, Food supply. I was one of the first ones to come out and say, hey, guys, uh, we're going to see food supply start to break down because processing plants are going to start to have problems. Truckers are going to start to have problems. Distribution is going to start to break down. And I think now we're seeing that. I said it would be in the next 8 to 12 weeks. And uh, it started much earlier than I thought it would. So I think we're going to start to see more of that as coming out in the news right now. So I was doing pretty good so far. Uh, Restaurants and bars, I said they will open up depending on the estate and infection rates in the region. And I thought we were looking at the middle of June through August. And I I think, you know, we have to revise that now because in Georgia, for instance, and some of the other states are starting to open up. Some are opening up the restaurants where you can have half the customers. Some are not opening up the inside of the restaurants yet. So I I think I give myself half credit for that one. I think a lot of states will not be opening their restaurants uh, quite this early. Uh, And we're certainly not going to see restaurants at 100% uh, anytime soon. Uh, and it's going to be tough for some restaurants, uh, especially the independent restaurants. We have a lot of cool ones here in Ocala. They're going to have a tough time even operating at half the, the, half the audience, half the diners in there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I do hope that we see the server's tips go way up. Well, maybe that'll happen, although Ocala is not known for tipping heavily. Um, I said festivals, concerts, and large summer gatherings. This was what I said back on April the 10th when we didn't know about any of this stuff. I said they'll not be happening until fall, if then, and I don't believe we're going to be seeing festivals and concerts and large summer gatherings. Uh, states less affected will start to come online before others. That is true. That We've seen that happen on states that have less cases. Uh, I also said in June we're going to start seeing testing to the point where we can determine who has the virus and who hasn't, and we'll see certain industries start to reopen um, and I think all of that's pretty much happening. Uh, we are seeing testing, but not to the point where it needs to yet. Uh, there are more tests available. They're still taking days to get back, and I think we have to solve that problem before before we can get too far ahead, or we, we have to solve that problem. We have to have those 15-minute tests before we get into the second wave. So that needs to happen before the second wave. For people like me, if you have risk factors, I said, immune issues, lung issues, cancer, asthma, those kind of things, uh, we're just going to be in for a long time and just accept it. And that's going to be our life for a while. And I think I got that one pretty much right. One I got really wrong is that 
uh, crime would be rising rapidly. And it, it, that hasn't happened. Actually, crime, I just saw a report, crime's been down on an average of 30 to 40 percent across the country. So uh, thank God I was incorrect on that one, and I'm glad I was incorrect on that one. That may change over time. I hope not. But uh, I'm glad to be wrong on that one. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, as, as I always say, I tell you the way it is uh, on here and the way I see it, whether it's right or not. I don't know. I, I got some things right. I was happy to see that anyway when I looked back. Uh, but you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Germany, I saw today, you know, has partly reopened. And they're already having cases uh, go up again. And they're taking a look at... Um, we're, they're taking a look at whether... Uh, they're taking a look at whether they're going to have to clamp down again. Japan has some parts of Japan now that have reopened, and they're looking at whether they're going to have to clamp down again. So it's what I've said all along. We're going to see very quickly. We're going to see very quickly in Georgia. This thing has a 14-day uh, period where you know you're going to get sick if you get it. So over the next four to six weeks in the places that are opening up, the Georgias and the Texases and all the other states that are opening up a bit, we're going to see, we are going to see the cases increase. There's no question about that. Then it becomes a question of how much can people live with. Uh, and that's a bad pun. Uh, I wish I could reword that. Uh, how much can people tolerate in, in the form of deaths? So if we're averaging 1,500 to 2,500 people dying a day now, which is about what it is, I think today's going to be in the 2 to, two, two to 2,500 range again. Yesterday was 2,500. You know, what's that, what's that going to get to before people start to become uncomfortable, governments start to become uncomfortable? Uh, you know, it becomes uncomfortable when somebody you know dies. That's when it becomes uncomfortable. And yesterday, I had a good friend of mine in the podcasting world who lost his best friend from high school. They've been friends for years. Uh, I think he couldn't have been more than 40-some years old. He died yesterday. One of our listeners lost their dad yesterday, um, both of COVID. So, you know, it becomes uncomfortable when you start to lose people that you know. That's when it becomes really uncomfortable. And I don't know what the tolerance tolerance points going to be for governments or for the populace. Maybe there's not one. I don't know. Maybe that the, the government's going to say it's not worth it economically and we're going to play this out. And we're just going to, what it is, it is. Uh, you know, when hospitals, I feel bad for hospital workers if, if it increases again. I do think that the hospitals should be open again for everything else. I, I mean, if, if they have room for it, why not? Why are we not doing the other surgeries? And the interesting article I read yesterday is we're Doctors saying, where have all the people who are dying of heart attacks and strokes all along on an average weekly basis, where have they been? And I think some of it is they've been dying at home uh, because they're afraid to go get care. So I hope that changes. I think we can open that up. I, hospitals want to see that open up because certain parts of the hospitals that are empty. Uh, and there's certain types of doctors that aren't doing any work right now. So I, I, I think if they if it's a, I hope that your, your, uh, your doctor's office, your surgeon's office should know how to do masks and, and do things safely, we would hope. So I do hope that opens up. Um, you know, where we are with horse shows, I've been talking about that all along. So I'll, I'll be talking more about that next week. We're going Western a little bit next week. Uh, we're going to be talking to somebody from the AQHA. It's going to come on and, because they really haven't, you know, expressed when things are going to start op operating there. I know Texas is opening up a little, so it'll be good to talk to the AQHA on the Western side. We might have somebody from the USEF again on Monday. But Friday, we're going to have some fun. On Friday shows, I'm tired. I've done, you know, five to ten live shows by Friday. 
Friday. And so Friday, I'm going to have a very special guest on who is a dog trainer whose doggy just was starred in a major movie. So we're going to have her on to talk about what it's like to have your doggies in movies and what it's like to be on the sets. That should be a little fun. We all have doggies we're living with now more closer than ever. So I think that'll be fun. And we're also going to have some, uh, one or two people on with recipes because we're all cooking a lot more than we ever have. And we're going to be talking about recipes. So that's uh, that's where we're going to be on Friday. So if you don't like the light and fluffy stuff, don't tune in on Friday. If you want to just sit back and have a little fun, then join me Friday night because Chrissy Joy, my, my super good friend uh, from Kentucky years ago, is now one of the top dog trainers in the world. She's a world champion, and she works on movie sets all the time. And I just want to find out what that's really like, especially when she deals with so many dogs. You've seen her dog, by the way, on the Chewy commercials. Uh, she, he's one of the stars of the Chewy commercials and several other commercials that you've seen. And then we'll talk some recipes and food. Why not? We'll have a little fun because I'm going to be cooking over this weekend, too. That's it for tonight. We are dark tomorrow on Horses in the Morning. It's the fifth Thursday of the month, and we just don't have a show on the fifth Thursday of the month. We'll be back Friday with some really bad ads, so if you like, they'll laugh your asses off. Join Jamie and I on Friday mornings where we take ads that are submitted by listeners that are horses for sale, and let's just say we have a little fun with them. We've been doing that for 10 years. I think we've done uh, we've thousands of ads over the years. Uh, but you can join us for that on Horses in the Morning. Find it on your podcast player, Horses in the Morning. And you can find all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. We have 15 shows, and you're going to find something you like on one of them. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you stopping by here every night and commenting and doing all of that. Dana and uh, Connie and uh, uh, Aaron, thank you so much. Aaron, your question got in too late. It was already it was already done. Uh, I, wish, I wish you would ask that a little sooner. Um, and, uh, everybody else that joined us tonight, we really appreciate it. Uh, and King, thank you for the comments. I appreciate that too. Uh, and we'll talk to you all on Friday night for HRN Live at 5.